Hi, everybody, and welcome to a very special edition of Coach's Corner. This is a deeply personal episode for me. I get personal. I'm sharing someone who means a great deal to me personally, and we're talking about a topic I'm deeply passionate about, healing, specifically sexual healing. Who is this person? Her name is Dr. Heike Joy Hudson, and her work is dedicated to those who are ready to release guilt, shame, and trauma around their bodies and sexuality to become confident, empowered, happy, and radiant embodied people. Dr. Heike Hudson is a doctor of naturopathy, clinical sexologist, and one of San Diego's leading somatic experts, relationship coaches, and the founder of The Embodied Woman. She and her husband, Jonathan, they work together, were my biggest healers last year. So I heard about Heike and Jonathan when I had lunch with a friend of mine. And I hadn't seen her in a few months. And she walked in and I said, whoa, what have you been doing? She just looked so incredibly radiant and felt so free. She really looked embodied. I didn't have the word for it at the time, but she just looked so at peace with her life, with herself. She was just glowing. And I asked her, like I said, what have you done? She said, well, I've been working with these healers, Jonathan and Heike. And it was a time in my life where I was just really surrendering, really surrendering and allowing the universe to lead me. And I really had a strong intention to be free of any pain that was still holding me back. And I had this internal nudge that I had to work with she and Jonathan. And we'll talk a little bit about my work with them in the interview, but it was the rawest, often most difficult, challenging, but liberating work I have ever done in my life. Push me to my edge, but at our edge is always a breakthrough and is a point where we let go completely. Another reason why I wanted to share Heike with you on this interview is because I think that sexuality is a topic that is incredibly important to talk about. It's a topic that so many of us have pain around, shame around, abuse around, and it's often a part of our lives that we dissociate from. Let me shift gears for a moment and tell you a quick story. Last weekend, I spoke at an event called The Rise. It was a beautiful event. There were over a thousand women there. And I spoke about the purpose of our pain. And in my opening, I asked anyone in the audience who'd ever been molested, abused, or sexually assaulted in any way to please rise. And I would say at least 90% of the room stood up. There's a lot of pain around being in the human body. And so many of us opt out of being in a body. We disconnect from it. We go mostly into our heads, even if we've never had sexual trauma. And I'm not just talking about women. I'm talking about men here too. But disconnecting from our bodies, specifically our sexuality, is devastating. You know, part of the perk of this human experience is to experience pleasure. And there's a lot of pleasure that can come from being in the body. But often there's so much pain in the way that we don't want to feel. We don't want to feel anything. And that's why I deeply respect the work of Heike and Jonathan so much is because they help us move through the pain, release the pain, and start to really experience pleasure and tap in to our sexual energy. And leveraging our sexual energy is about much more than having sex. It's about creation, connection, 
being grounded in the body, pleasure, and magic. Heike has understood for decades what the medical community is now only cluing into, that the issue is in the tissue. Too often women and men have been in their heads and neglected the wisdom of their bodies. It's Heike's knowing that only when we tap into our physical bodies can we release the trauma and wounds that hold us back from having a fully sovereign and fulfilling life. Heike's genius lies in helping people navigate through their feminine and masculine energies to bring about harmony so that they can have a real shot at true and lasting love. Together with her highly attuned husband, Jonathan, who I mentioned in their business, Sextraordinary Living, Heike is in service to a new relationship paradigm, including the highest expression of love and conscious sex. To learn more about Heike and the work that she and Jonathan do, go to sextraordinaryliving.com. I will put that in the show notes as well, but let me spell it out for you. It's S-E-X-T-R-A-O-R-D-I-N-A-R-Y living.com. And now for my interview with Dr. Heike Joy Hudson. Heike, I am so excited to have you here and share you with my tribe. I know this is going to be an incredibly juicy and informative and insightful and healing conversation. So thank you for being here. Thank you. Thank you for for inviting me because, of course, I'm always totally excited to share, you know, the piece of especially the sensuality, sensuality, sexuality and pleasure with people because, you know, we're still learning how to go there. <laughs> we are. We definitely are. And and I, I just had the thought how amazing that we're able to have this conversation. Whereas 20 years ago, for sure, 50 years ago, we wouldn't be having this kind of conversation and broadcasting it. So we've come really far. All right. So before we really, really dive in, I read your bio in the intro, but I'd love for you to share more about the work you do in your words and why you do it and how you got into it. Yes. So I kind of want to start with my own path of, I started out in life as a doctor and a doctor of naturopathy and holistic medicine. And then there was the search of there's something missing from, you know, chronic diseases and emotional discomfort and all of these different things of how to make it a wholesome experience. And I tapped into the world of energies and to just really see, wow, there's so much more than we can see. Obviously, the mind is also such a big, important piece. And back then, for the longest time now, we have therapy and coaching now and and all of that. And it felt to me like there's still there, there was always something missing to to really work with body, mind and spirit and full alignment and with soul to have lasting results. And what I discovered is the whole missing link of sexuality, which now today there is, you know, it's, it's the biggest piece of, of our work. Mm-hmm. Um, from educating people around sexuality and what that really is and how to run it more and use it more in, in your daily life and obviously in the bedroom to be more fulfilled all the way to the trauma and the shame and, and you know, everything still seems to be so hidden and no one can actually have these open conversations. And, and really the understanding 
of what sexuality is. And so our work today is cleaning up the body. We've learned to, or there's a lot that we have access to now when it comes to spirituality, when it comes to personal growth and development, and again, all the way to therapy. And yet it seems like, and and that was my experience in the past, that we do all this work and it doesn't stick. It's mm-hmm. like, there we are at this place. I've got it all figured out and I'm kind of enlightened. And now the world is mine. And then, boom, we go into the next thing. And and it seems almost like a circle that we never really get out of into complete freedom. So in the work that we're doing is, OK, we've worked in, in, in the area of consciousness and, and personal growth, spirituality um, and even energy work. And now let's clean up the body, the cellular memory. Mm-hmm. And that's a huge piece of somatics. Somatic body work is literally going to ask the body and, and help the body release past memories so that we can show up fully without the fear of being hurt again, without any of the past memories. Mm. Okay. There's a lot to unpack there. (laughs) I love it. So I took notes. First, I would love for you to define a little more clearly what is sexuality? Because I think that word for people, it has different meanings and different triggers. So let's just break it down. What is it? Yeah. So sexuality, again, we can go from different angles. The easiest to say is that there is sexual energy, which is literally life force energy, which is also the energy that created all of our bodies, which is the energy that runs every day and regenerates cells and and gives us the vitality every day. Um, It just is within us and all humans and all human beings as life force energy. So that's that's the one piece. Then what most people understand when it comes to sexuality is the actual act of sex. But again, that's really only 10 percent when we talk about sexuality. Mm, mm. So headline sexuality equals life force energy that runs all day, 24 seven through us until we leave this body. And then we can there's there's so many ways to heighten that energy and to have more access to it and and more vitality by certain practices all the way like whether with yourself or in the bedroom that is way beyond just you know let's have intercourse and my energy is up in fact a lot of times it's actually not the case if we're not knowing how to work with all of that Mm -hmm. and if if it doesn't flow clearly because what takes away our sexual energy levels is the shame that is so huge in society is is even the guilt of our of our guilty pleasures of all of the things that our desires and and then we think that's not right or it shouldn't be like that and then obviously all the way to trauma sexual trauma insults and trauma loosely defined from you know someone said something to you all the way to rape and and there's a huge bandwidth on yeah. that one yeah. And I think it's important to not minimize your own. I did a, a episode recently on depression. And one of the things in working with my own work, both with you and Jonathan and just my own life was to not go, oh, that person had it worse. Therefore, mine isn't so bad. I can just shove it away. Mm-hmm. So really recognizing what that is. So, okay. A couple more questions. I want to go back to 
what sexual energy is. But but first, let's talk a little bit about trauma and how that sticks in the body. Can you explain that, how that happens? Yeah, that's really the biggest piece. And, and I want to backtrack a little bit where you said, you know, mine is not so bad and others are a lot worse off. Every trauma gets like planted in the body. So one word can be traumatizing. One sentence can be traumatizing as much as a rape. In fact, I've learned that physical trauma, it's, you know, it's at least it's real. It's, it's right in your face and everyone accepts it while someone says something. And we even, you know, just laugh about it. And at the same time, the body hears everything and stores it in, in their cellular memory. And what actually happens is that there, there is a twist that happens on the cellular memory and it gets trapped in the body and somatic body work actually unwinds exactly the tissue again so that it's free the emotion that always comes with it can be released and and move through breath movement and sounds to just really open up that space and mm-hmm. so if you imagine if any trauma or any you know any pain is kind of in all parts of our bodies stored that we eventually the older we get the more of that memory we have and the more twisted our fascia actually is. And we know muscle memory, by example, if, if someone hit us in the gut, the next time we flinch without someone even doing it, if it just he just or she comes just towards that. We have muscle memory with driving the car at the beginning. It's so hard to, you know, there's all the pedals and the steering wheel and the this and that. And eventually we drive on muscle memory, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's not a big deal. We get in the car and the body knows what we're doing. So... But muscle memory is literally like the good and the not so good stuff. Right. And to unwind that and to to go back to these places where we didn't get to answer, we didn't get to say stop or we didn't get to say no or or we we really wanted to explode and we couldn't express our emotions. All of that does get stored in the tissue. It's kind of like the body is our second brain. Yes. Yes, in so many ways. And I mentioned somatic therapy a lot in the podcast because people will come to me and they will talk about how they've done so much therapy and they have a coach, but they haven't really moved the emotion out of the body. And a lot of people are scared to do that because they don't want to keep perpetuating the old wound. They don't want to open that can of worms. They don't want to have to go back there. But what I've discovered in somatic work and my work with you and Jonathan is that done in a way with really beautiful facilitators like you two, you really can experience it. And this is my personal experience, but I'd love to get your take on it. One, in a way that isn't so traumatizing because there's love there and there's a guide there. And for me, I finally got to say and experience the emotions that I didn't get to at the time the trauma was happening. Mm-hmm. So it actually, as much as it was painful and scary, it was also liberating. Mm -hmm. And two, in getting to that level in my body, in the cells, in the tissue, that somatic process, it was the last time I had to go there. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Absolutely. What we found is that therapy, coaching and all of this, while this all has a place and it's it's amazing that we all have access to it, there's a lot of re-traumatizing happening because we go there over, especially in therapy, we go there over and over. And we're not coming to a solution on the physical level. So while our minds are getting clear, yeah, it's safe now. It's over. It is the past and it happened, but I'm safe today. 
the body totally doesn't agree. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that does not is not in alignment. So somatics really, you go there one more time is what we say, and it's done. After that, you have still the memory, but the charge is gone. The, the twist in the literally in the tissue is gone. And so you can start reestablishing your safety because that's really all the women that come. It's always about as women feeling safe in this world, in this body. I just got the, this may be a terrible analogy, but I just got the visual of, you know, if you were having digestive issues and you're taking the supplements and you're eating the right foods or you're fasting or whatever, but if there's like a kink in your, in your colon, (laughs) you're going to, it's going to continue. It's going to, those, those are going to continue to show up because there's like a, like a structural thing there. But once that kink is released or like a garden hose might be a better metaphor for this, then, then things can flow a lot. And that was one thing that I really experienced in releasing so much of my trauma with, with you and Jonathan is that I really thought I was broken sexually. I just thought, well, you know, I'm just not that sexual of a person. I'm more intellectual and spiritual and, you know, I'm whatever. Maybe I just don't have great orgasms. I just, I really thought I was broken. And a lot of that came from my wounding. It was part of my story. And in releasing a lot of the trauma, which was both, you know, release of physical trauma and just traumatic beliefs that I had in my head and, and old stories that I was carrying around, it opened up that sexual energy. So it wasn't like it wasn't there. And it wasn't like I was broken and I had to go find it. It was more about removing the things that were in the way. Yes, absolutely. And there is, there's so much in what you just shared. So the the kink, right? The Mm -hmm. kink in the hose, um, that's really where it starts. And we can't meditate it away. We can't talk it away. We can't, you know, go into positive thinking affirmations and everything that's out there we can't rationalize it. There's literally like, no, we got to go to the kink and really unwind it Mm -hmm. so that there is the flow, life force energy, sexual energy. And the other piece that we hear over and over what you just mentioned, it's like when women look at their sexuality, something's broken. I'm just not that interested. It's, it's painful, but I got to live with that Mm -hmm. or it's all numbed out and maybe I'm not an orgasmic being and, or maybe, you know, just a little bit of that and I'm just going to settle for less. And that is the huge part of, especially women coming to us. And I'm happy to talk about the men, what actually the program works basically for the men, but, um, for women to just really First and foremost, what I can even say on this call, there's nothing wrong with you and there's nothing broken. And clients that come to us, we're just helping to release what's in the way of a whole being of a body that really knows when you give it some support, the body knows even how to heal itself. But if there's too much stuff in the way, it's like that. Let's clean house. Mm -hmm. And, and just so that everything like, you know, open the windows, let the breeze come through so that there's, you know, there is more space and there is just more energy available. Mm. You said for the men too, that you talk about how trauma works for them. Yes. So what I noticed over and over that while for women, it's a lot around sexuality. 
and feeling safe in their bodies. That, that's really the subject we hear over and over. For men, while there's definitely a lot more sexual trauma for men than is yet public. I mean, mm. the women are just starting to speak up here, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> And yeah. the men haven't even started yet. Mm-hmm. But it's what I see daily, too, with the men coming in, that, of course, there's sexual trauma as well, all the way to their cocks being shamed, right? I mean, again, the little things and the big things of their sexuality, because, you know, men are famous or made famous for all they want is sex. Mm-hmm. which again is not true because <laughs> mm-hmm. we women want it too. We just, you know, got to first come into our bodies. Right. And for men, what I notice over and over, the core wound is actually the mother wound for them. Like, like not being nurtured, not being, being held, not being loved, not being able to be emotional, not really stepping into this whole piece I just this weekend had long conversations and diving deeper into it. And it really came as one of the core essences for men is really their relationship with their mother. And so Mm -hmm. many women complaining, right? I don't want to be your mother and, you know, all of this. And and you have a neediness and and this and that. And for for men, and again, it's so tricky to generalize. But for them, sexuality is literally that connection Mm -hmm. and nourishment with their partner, and that's been shamed and rejected, like mm-hmm. so much rejection from men in their past. Uh, and so definitely a big one. Um, it's not the safety as much as, as, you know, as it is for women. And yet when it comes to safety overall, we've all experienced pain in the past, especially when it comes to relationships. And we definitely don't want to feel this anymore. So all of us, men, women have created armor around our hearts. And all the way into our sexuality and genitals to just, we don't want to get hurt anymore. Like no one likes pain. And so how are we meeting each other even with all the, okay, I got an armor here and there and please don't touch that wound. And, and, but then again, I want the full love and the full sexuality. Right. And this is what makes both dating and finding a relationship and being in a relationship so hard from my point of view, because I know so many people, and I was one of these women, but this is for women and men who are doing all the quote unquote right things in the dating world. You know, they've got their online profile, they feng shui their house, they're really open, they've got the affirmations, they're out there. And they yeah. they consciously say they want a relationship, but unconsciously or to some degree consciously, but pro- mostly probably unconsciously, there is still that protective mechanism running, that wall around the heart. And I think that happens even in relationships. You reach a certain level with someone there's an opportunity for it to go deeper or things get challenging or something happens or you kind of are in the relationship and resentments build over time that reinforce that wall. And that, from my point of view, is what makes it so hard. And then when we've got the armor around our heart, we've got the armor around our sexuality, and then you lose sexual connection with your partner. And it just, it just, yeah. it just kind of yeah. downward spirals. So could you talk a little bit more about how we become aware, like something pe- someone could ask themselves right now, listening, of just an, taking an honest look at, do I have armor around my heart? Like what protective mechanisms am I running? Yeah. So I can already say everyone has it <laughs> because there's no one on this planet that I've seen that is not, has not been hurt in past relationships or the current one, whether yeah. it is with your partner, your intimate partner 
or ex, obviously. Or your parents. Or your parents or, or your friends. siblings <laughs> or your friends or your teachers or like we all experience that, right? I mean, it, that's the whole thing of relating. And, and so it is really about checking in. When you think about your ex, you will notice like a little tension all of a sudden happening, like a little contraction. No matter how much you've done the work, your body still starts contracting. Your energy starts contracting. Whenever we are clear and in love, it starts expanding. Like we're, oh yeah, beautiful. And, and there's space, there's spaciousness. And whenever we go into a past memory, any pick any relationship, and we go there and it hasn't been resolved and it has been painful on whatever level there is a contraction that happens. And so the mini somatic around that is to just really feel into the contraction. And sometimes it doesn't all have to be around the heart. It can be anywhere in your body that you all of a sudden feel like, oh, this is getting more tense and just start breathing into it. So breath, movement, and sound when it comes to somatics is really the remedy to create movement. So as we find this contraction happening, to start breathing and to even use sound from ah, just, just like that, exhale, to, you know, maybe it is like a, you know, because mm-hmm. they're still upset there or there's tears all of a sudden coming up or whatever it is. And to start expressing that, which is so not allowed in society to, OK, I'm going there. I'm, I'm putting breath in. I'm putting my attention there, maybe placing even my hand on there. I'm starting to breathe into it. I'm using sounds that my body wants to make. And maybe I even need to move it. If there's, for example, a lot of anger, it is the punching the pillow that really helps or stomping our feet. Or when it is crying, maybe it's not the silent cry rather than the wailing. Mm -hmm. So, so to create that movement because it's all stuck energy and, and to, to go into it. And then obviously depending on the level of trauma that's when it's good to have a practitioner actually coming in and holding that space and guiding you through it, especially the really, really hardcore wounds. But just being being aware of that there is all of this armor. And even in the first date, we're usually not showing up completely free as ourselves. Mm. We're, there's always pieces that we want to hide that we judge. It's mm-hmm. not good. I'm not good enough here or I'm not smart enough, or I'm not pretty enough, or all of these things that run constantly through our system. And we don't even show up for the first date real, Mm -hmm. open, transparent, and and even sharing our desires is like, what am I looking for? Mm -hmm. From, oh, I want to get married and have kids to, well, I don't even want to have kids. I'm past that or whatever it is. Like first we want to impress the partner or the the date rather than I'm here. And so there's this deeper sense of how much do I love myself? How much do I feel lovable just the way I am? And how much have I forgiven myself for everyone that I did hurt in the past? Because that's the other piece, right? We don't want to get hurt and we don't want to hurt anyone else. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. how real can we show up right at the beginning, knowing that relationships are actually there to bring out all these wounds? And then how can we 
release them right and bring them to the light and and just saying okay this is a new partner because there's a tendency to compare everything to our old partners too yes and release that expectation that we have to be perfect or that our partner has to be perfect or believing that if only they'd change things would be so much easier mm-hmm. or better <laughs> you know and i think that that is and the more at least i found this the more unprocessed trauma we have the more we get triggered, the more the walls around our heart is, and the more we disconnect from our sexuality. Because again, I'm only speaking from my personal experience, but I'd love your thoughts on this. Now that I feel so much freer in my body, because there isn't that heaviness of trauma in my body, I understand what you mean about running sexual energy and it being a life force energy, which is something I want to go back to as well, because me listening to this podcast a year ago would be like, what is she talking about sexual energy? Does that mean like, you know, seductive energy? Does that mean like I'm turned on all the time? (laughs) Like, what does that mean? But what I've learned it really means for me is that the more I'm out of my head, right? And my head was just a place that I went to, to distract myself from a lot of the pain and disconnection I was feeling in my body. If I could just think about everything and keep my mind busy, then I didn't have to feel anything that was happening. Now, all that said, I've done a lot of emotional release work, a lot of trauma work. There was there was layers. So by the time I got to you and Jonathan, I was really ready yes. <laughs> to, to be done <laughs> and, and to let all that go. So it was kind of a, the last layer for me, that kind of getting into that sexual energy, that life force energy. But I'd love for you to describe in your words like what that means and and how we feel it because we've we've put a picture in people's mind of what it feels like to have to be guarded mm-hmm. but i'd also love to put a picture in their mind of what it feels like to have that life force energy running in your body yeah yeah the the first word that comes up is freedom mm. spaciousness um like you just said too you know you feel more free in your body and in your expression Society constantly, especially for us women, asks us always to be in our heads. You know, everything from logistics to planning to um, Facebook to all this information overload. And and that's where we hang out. So coming into the body, which also is this ultimate embodiment of everything that's all the good stuff that's going on in our heads. Right. (laughs) To just really live and breathe that. Sexual energy, the way you feel it is when you feel alive, when you feel vital, when you feel radiant, it, it oozes out from, you know, all of your cells. It, it is that it is that vibrant state that we have when we are in our sexuality. And yes, there is a turn on, but it's a turn on to life. It's, it's really this aliveness and the freedom. Like I said, freedom is for me the biggest word and the biggest thing I wish for all people to be free in their expression, in their relating, in their sexuality. And so um, it's almost like a buzz that's always there and and to lead life from there. And when I talk about turn on, that does not mean that you know, our pussies are on fire and, and we just have to express it through sex rather than, no, we're using this energy and we're circulating it um, and, and are in this reservoir that when it runs freely, we know not only how to access it and bring it into business, into our family, into 
friendships into creation, because that's obviously another big, big piece of sexual energy is creative energy. Yeah. Yep. And, and to create from there, especially as women, to not use our muscles and our heads rather than our womb space, our creative energy, where we can create as much as a whole baby, a mm -hmm. whole human being. Mm -hmm. So what else is possible for us when all of this flows? And also, if it flows freely, we have so much less fear. Yes. And that's another symptom. <laughs> when it runs, really, we feel powerful. We feel completely invincible with the anything is possible and there is the whole self-love is there it's, mm -hmm. it's it's a state it is ecstatic and it is a turn on and we know no one can take it away mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and we can we can move with this energy without thinking about sex while of course that's there too right <laughs> but we can use it for so much more it's 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 so untapped for yeah an unutilized unknown because no one talks about this. You know, we used to have the temples back then with the high priestesses and they would know all about it all the way to sex magic. Mm -hmm. So, 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 so much there. Ugh, there's so much there. And, and we're going to talk about the shame in a second. I just wanted to share how I've found it has really shifted my life too, is, is what there's a lot less of. There's a lot less irritability that I experience. Mm -hmm. There's a lot less just feeling so unmotivated and tired and drained. And there's also a lot less insecurity. So I experience more confidence to more acceptance of who I am and, and my body. And I'm going to go to the shame, but I want to bookmark that we're going to talk about how untapped sexual energy perpetuates a lot of eating disorder and body image issues. So I want to bookmark that and come back to that. But first, I want to go to what you were just diving into about how we're not talking about sex. We're not talking about sex magic. It's something that has been really, really shamed, either shamed or exploited. Right. So it's 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 shamed or it's like porn and, and those kinds of things. So we're we're kind of living in the extremes of it. Why has sexuality become so shameful? How does it happen for people? And how do we start to lift the shame? Yeah. Great, great question. I believe if we would all be sexually free, and again, it doesn't mean we're sleeping with everyone, internally sexually free, we do have really the power of creation in our hands. And we are in the driver's seat. Mm. So a best way to control people, and especially women, is to shame their sexuality so that they're not as vital. Mm -hmm. They're not as powerful. They're not as confident. And if that gets, it, it is the life force energy and the creative force of everything. So if we shame it, and I'm saying something else out there is shaming it and started the whole thing, that's how we can be controlled as human race. Mm -hmm. So I'm really taking it right now in the big, biggest picture. It's like we see it even in the workforce. And again, because women experience it so much more than men, if there is a more of a male workforce energy or, or you know, ratio of men, all they need to do is make one sexual comment. Mm -hmm. And that woman is in check. Mm -hmm. 
or do it twice or three times, and then it gets really ingrained. So the competition in all of that, right? And the and the the powers. Like we talk about money. And so we're going into that sexual energy equals life force energy, right, is is our vitality. And it it has a similar energy than money, which we know it's another big one. There's a lot of shame, by the way, too, and trauma. Yep. And yep. what you briefly mentioned, eating disorders, because it's also food. Mm. So money, sex, and food are very, very closely related in terms of having infinite energy access and having lots of shame around it. So if we keep the shame going, then we can control the people. Mm. Anyway. And I wonder too, if, if we internalize that Heike, like we, we control ourselves because yeah. I think in a lot of ways we're scared of our own power. Like Absolutely. I think all of us can think of an instant, <laughs> an instance where as a little kid, we were totally free and totally powerful or loud or creative or yeah. whatever. And we were told, shut up. Children are to be seen, not heard or big boys yeah. don't cry or good girls don't touch themselves or whatever it may be. And, and so not only are we kind of controlled by the outside world, be it religion, be it politics, be it the patriarchy, whatever, but then we internalize all that. And I think that's a really important thing for all of us to look at because with everything that's going on, especially politically, there's a lot of blame. There's a lot of it's out there. It's this, it's the fault of this. And while it's important to get our anger out and speak our truth about that, I also think it's important to look at, you know, we're all one, we're all connected. So where are we doing that inside ourselves? Absolutely. And here's the thing though, again, the first piece is that someone else told us mm-hmm. it's not okay to run around naked. It's not okay to touch our genitals. As we are kids, we need to all of a sudden start covering ourselves more and more. And so, and we become aware of, and, and there's the, the, the nonverbal communication too from our parents, they pass it on to us, not even will, willingly and, and consciously, like this whole program is running. So even our self-talk is only the programming, which originally we came from that innocent place. Mm-hmm. I'm here, the world is mine, and what am mm-hmm. I going to I'm here to create, and I can dream anything up, and I just can do whatever I want. And then, and then there's this boundary that gets tighter and tighter, and then we believe in all of that, especially in, in the first five years, our brains are like sponges, our bodies, our little bodies are like sponges, and we're basically under hypnosis, we believe everything to be true that has been told to us about ourselves, about how the world is, about how we have to be in our bodies and what it means to be a boy or a girl. Mm. Um, All of that programming happens, well, for sure, the first five years in our lives. And then the modeling of our parents, (laughs) you know, a lot about especially relationships to look at. our first relationship with with as women with a man or as as men with a woman is our mother or father. Uh, can we rely on this? Is this all in love? Like our parents usually don't run around. Wow, you rock! The world is yours. Do anything. You know, there's all the programming that will come. And once again, it's all somatics too. We just take it in, and it's in our body memory and. All of that is so collective. And then we take over the talk of our mother or of our father or of our ex. And so anything we think and judge about ourselves is actually 
happened way back. Way back, yeah. When we came in as these little sponges and just took it all in. Yep. And I even take it further all the way to past life, but let's not go there. Just, <laughs> we're just completely busy. <laughs> I know. I'm on that phase now, cleaning up past you know, life. Exactly. Oh, <laughs> so the soul information itself, too. So, yeah, it's it's time to clean up. Yeah. And and we've learned to clean up, you know, on a soul level and mentally with the personal growth and everything. But hey, those bodies are yeah. full of information. And and then we do think something's wrong with us. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's on autopilot. Yeah. And and then that, that of course that influence our sexuality because we think we're not desirable or we think our bodies are broken. It's just, yeah, it's a it's a thing. And and that's why in the coaching episodes on this show. Uh, it pretty much always goes back to childhood. <laughs> it's always connecting the dots to what happened that created this wiring. And I want to dive into body image issues and eating disorders. And for people listening, if you didn't listen to episode 133, where I coached Heidi, definitely go back and listen to that after after the, you finish listening to this episode. And Heike, Heidi called in because she has, her whole life, it was about releasing weight and eating disorder. And she really had done a lot on the self-love and the meditation and the diet diet and all those kinds of things, but it just, it wasn't clearing. It was something that she was still struggling with. And what we got to in that episode was about her sexuality, was feeling like she, she had shame about her sexuality her whole life. She, I believe she was married. I can't remember. This was in March, this episode, but her sex life just wasn't really that great. So I'd love for you to talk a little bit about the tie between body image and eating disorders that people are having trouble feeling clear of and sexuality. And while I'm, again, aware of that men are listening as well, but it's also so amazing men today want to really understand women, which is so complex (laughs) (laughs) to actually try to understand women. But yeah, the the whole eating piece, while I don't want to generalize it, that there's always the connection to sexuality, because there are other factors of especially weight in terms of armor. Right. We're aware of that, too, of, you know, we got to create a shield. I used to call overweight literally pounds of pain. Mm. And I see it in our program over and over. Mm-hmm. Women that get on our table, they're naturally losing weight because the emotional lock up that was happening in the tissue can actually be released. Then there is the piece. Um, I, I find a lot of people that have sexual trauma being in eating disorders because there's a confusion. There's a confusion happening in the body. And, and then there's also the suppression of emotions with eating is happening. I mean, eating disorders has a big piece, but bringing it to sexuality, the easiest analogy I can make is that we can look at our face and then see, obviously we have lips, right? Where the whole process starts and it's as above, so below. We also have lips like our labia Mm -hmm. when it comes to genitals. And I'm taking it further of the tongue being related to the clitoris. And the G-spot is kind of the palate that we have. The throat tissue is exact the same tissue than the vaginal canal tissue. And our stomach and all of that is like our womb space, our uterus. Mm. So if there has been trauma, which is always a state of confusion that has not been cleared, If there is anything going on sexually and even malnutrition, and and I'm I'm telling you, I want to say 95% of women are malnourished 
or starving when it comes to sexuality and the and the right kind of sex. Yeah, yeah, so which, true. Which again is a whole other subject. Yeah. Of, so we're trying to compensate, you know, when we don't get the right sex or not sex at all, or we have pain or shame or whatever, we're going the other way. And that's yep. through eating. And so just noticing that there's a whole channel, right, that starts in our mouth and ends in our vagina mm. that has a connection. And again, physiologically, the pelvic area especially the G spot is through neuropathways connected to our brain. Mm. So when we talk about somatics, there's also the whole sexual healing and inner somatics, internal somatics, because that's the other, the second brain, or I want to say the body is the second brain and internally the G spot is the third brain of a woman. Right. And so even our eating impulses, right. And, and all of the confusion not being connected to our sexuality. And really, I like to say, instead of gourmet sex, we're actually having McDonald's all the time. Yep. That, of course, we want more and more and more. Yep. Yep. Oh, well, okay. This, you're right. This could be a whole nother hour. I think that you're going to have to come back. Maybe we'll bring Jonathan on as well, because we're, we're so not done with this conversation and we're going to start to wrap up. But I, you know, again, this is something that until recently I would have been like gourmet sex versus McDonald's. What is she talking about? Whatever. I think a lot of people, especially women have just given up on sex. They just, they've given up on it. They're bored. And, and also uh, there's a lot of moms listening. The kids come along and sex life becomes not a priority at all, at yeah. all. Yeah. So could you speak a little bit to people, especially, you know, people in general, and then maybe specifically women who are, who are sex starved and who have made sex, not a priority, have made connecting with their, their partner, not a priority because, you know, we, so many people think, well, we don't need sex to live. Right. I need to take care of the kids. I need to eat. I need to work. And so it just becomes so low on the priority list and just maybe some steps. And I know I'm asking you a gazillion questions in one. So I'll, I'll repeat them <laughs> if, if necessary. I'm like, I'm like, tell them everything. I get. Maybe some steps to, if, if, if someone's feeling sex starved to start to feed themselves. Right. And then if, if in relationship, how to start opening up to a partner again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes, there's a lot in that question. And um, the biggest thing, and that's how I work with clients when it comes to coaching, is the sexual self-discovery. Most women don't, a lot of women don't even know how to name their genitals and the different pieces um, and the magic buttons and all of that. So really um, exploring yourself and your body. We expect men to show up or even same sex, right? We, we, we expect our partner to show up and just know what to do while we don't even really know. We might know how to have an orgasm with a vibrator <laughs> is mm. the fastest way, but how much do we know our body and our likes and our dislikes and how many women have actually looked at their genitals and take out a cosmetic mirror and like a hand mirror and and to really start connecting with that being in communication even with our genitals and and being comfortable even naming it right but then to just really see what are my preferences what do i like and before we 
put it into the next step of relationship, it is that exploration of, of ourselves. Do I like light touch or more pressure, faster, slower? And then obviously that changes too from moment to moment and situation. So the self, the sexual self-exploration is for me the new path of personal growth. Mm-hmm. That's like the link now that's been asked for us to go to and, and to really explore and to whip out. I mean, we have Google, right? So we can search for anything in terms of female anatomy and, and what's all out there and to really start exploring ourselves so that then we can talk to a partner and say, this is what I like and this is what I don't like. So a huge part is how transparent and open can and comfortable can we be actually in, in this communication? Because it's we create not only our relationship, but we also create our sex life. Mm. And mm-hmm. that requires communication and to really sit down. And one of the biggest tips when it comes to partners and even single, like, why is sex the last thing on our list at the end of the day where we're all tired and just want to go to sleep? And just one more thing we have to do is having sex with our partner while, you know, our head is still full or we're mm-hmm. super tired. So one thing that I've seen with with my clients is to put that at the beginning of the day, like the good meal, the champion's breakfast, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) and to just start the day with it while the kids are still sleeping, for example, or when they are in school, depending on, you know, what kind of jobs um, people have. But if we can put sex, any sexual activity at the beginning of the day, and then fuel that into our whole day, how different would our day be? Yeah, very. And how different would our sex be? Because we're active in the morning, right? Right. And and to just really, yeah, it's 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 that the conversations that the, the self exploration, the conversations, and just even with this call, knowing there is so so much more than mcdonald's yeah well yeah and and are you serving mcdonald's to yourself and that was one of the Mm -hmm. things when you were coaching me was you wouldn't want a lover to go right to your genitals so why in your self-pleasure is is it just going right there why not set the mood you know light some candles take a bath put on something sexy put on great music touch yourself you know the like i love the inside of my arm touch just just the things that are learning how to seduce ourselves again and, and being a great lover to ourselves That was a huge part. Cause again, I think we, we, a lot of us have that expectation that I'm just going to meet this great lover or my partner's going to change and that's going to heal my sexuality. And the best lover I have found is, is myself. And then as I've become a better lover to myself, that completely changed one, the, the kind of lover I drew into my life in terms of my partner. And also how I experience any kind of sexuality at all, because I feel safe and confident and in touch with my own body. And I'm still discovering there's always going to be more to discover, but back to that word of freedom, that freedom is there. And I feel empowered because I did that. Oh my, I did that self-work first before I looked for a partner to do it for me. Absolutely. And, and that is, you know, there is, you just mentioned you're still learning. I'm still learning. Mm. I, I don't I don't think it, it's like life. 
like there is like you know the ceiling right in this it's even you know for me being a sexologist and and the, the somatic and sexual healer like there's always more to learn and my ultimate goal is that women and men come to the place in the bedroom where every time you come together <laughs> literally or figuratively it's new yep and this is my experience like for me personally, with Jonathan, we're having some form of sex intimacy every morning to start our day. And we always say no business without blissness. Mm -hmm. um, and to to really seeing it's never the same after now five years into our relationship and it's still growing. And that's actually how it's supposed to be. Mm. Yeah, it's supposed Rather to get than, better. We found, <laughs> we found the good positions and mm -hmm. we know how to get off quickly. And, and this, no, there's so much more to explore mm. um, when with ourselves and then with a partner. And it never becomes boring because there's all these, it's like kitchen, right? There's all these different spices and there's, there's new combinations and there's this and there's that. And it, it is like when it comes to food too, there is no end. Right. We exactly. have our favorite food and yet we can't eat it like 24 seven. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, okay. Such good stuff. You're definitely coming back because there's so much more I want to talk about. Uh, for now, please share with people how they can learn more about the work that you and Jonathan are doing, how they can inquire about working with you, any kind of programs that you have. Well, we have different, depending on where every client is at, we have different levels of entrance point there. The, it always starts with a, with a phone call with me, like a discovery call, kind of where are you at and what are you looking for so I can guide you. But there's, there's basically three major levels, entry levels um, to just go into coaching because oh, I still kind of want to first get into the language and myself, my personal self-discovery and all of that. Um, or there's the somatic bodywork entrance piece of, okay, I really want to address the body. And then there's the sexual healing, which is where we really even look at internal work and releasing all of that and, and really freeing yourself, which has all of the other ones in it. So there's the radical altogether pleasure on purpose, which you will find on our website that has coaching and the somatics and the sexological bodywork, all of that together. And you can also just say, well, ah, that's, you know, too much for me. Mm. I'm, I'm, I'm going to start in my self-exploration or let's just do some somatics to actually get a feel of that. Mm. So the, the best place to go is to our website, which is called sextraordinaryliving.com. So instead of extraordinary, just put an S in front of it. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll put all that in the show notes as well. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, I definitely invite if, if you're feeling called to work with me or with us, because in the body work, we actually work as a team, as a couple. Um, we haven't really dove into this on this call. Um, but yeah, the first step is, is to really schedule a call with me. Beautiful. And Beautiful. to see where you're at. And, and if, if that even is something, you know, that you're at the place where 
you're ready. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. And, and I, I spoke more about that in the intro and I'll put the links in the show notes and would, would, would you be willing to come back maybe with Jonathan and we can talk a little Absolutely. more about all this stuff. Great. Absolutely. So we'll let this air. We'll probably get some questions from people and then we'll, we'll keep having a conversation because that's part of how we release the shame is yeah. we have conversations ab- about sex and sexuality, especially with, with, with experts like you who hold it and such. And that's what, you know, one of the many things I want to acknowledge about you and and Jonathan, first of all, just who you've been for me in my life and the space that you've held for me to mm. really let go of some things that I've been carrying around mm. for a long time. So I'm just bowing <laughs> with mm. with just such such gratitude. And that's a reflection of the work that you've done on your own work. You know, you you mm. really, really walk the talk and you really embody what I, what I see is the divine feminine and, sa- and sacred sexuality and, and Heike, there aren't many models yet of that. Yeah. So I just really acknowledge yeah. you for that and, and acknowledge the work and, and thank you so, so much for coming on and for sharing today and for doing the work that you do in the world. Mm, thank you so much. And, and my biggest thank you is, is watching you, <laughs> <laughs> watching you with your beautiful man now. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what I live for. Yeah. Right. For love and, and sexuality and to really having the freedom to be all that we are here. Yep. Um, and, and there's still always so much more we can be. Woohoo! <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Awesome. <laughs>